Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. I'm really excited to share with you the word that God gave me this week, and it, it really worked in my heart this morning, so I really trust that it will work in yours as well, and I, um, yeah, I just I want to encourage you to, to really be open um, and really ask the Holy Spirit what He's revealing to you. As you are sitting there, as you are hearing the word, when we, when we read out of the word or as I'm speaking, if there's something that stands out for you, it's the Holy Spirit prompting you. And, and write that down. We want to pray for that after the service for each other. Okay, so let's just close our eyes before we start. Well, thank you, Jesus, that, that you are busy sanctifying us, Lord. Thank you that you are busy working in us. Yeah, we, we are so thankful that we can know you. God, we pray for, for every heart tonight, Lord, that's here, Lord. God, we, we pray for a willingness, Lord, to obey. Sometimes it's, it's difficult, Lord. We want to we wanna pray for boldness, Lord, to, to walk in obedience to what you, what you are calling us for. God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. So, tonight... The sermon title is The Blessedness of Possessing Nothing. So that sounds quite interesting, right? Um, it sounds quite odd if you, if you read it the first time. It's, it's as if it, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah? And um, I'm going to, to elaborate a bit later on why exactly I, I called it this. But I want to tie in a few things that Vian shared over the last three weeks, which was out of Psalm 90, which said, teach us, Lord, right? Okay. And uh, he also made a few points. One, which was, you have been our dwelling place. Oh, everlasting God. God is an everlasting God. And how we should move our minds and our focus to the everlasting, right? to, the, to have a kingdom perspective, you remember that, that video of Francis Chan with the, with the rope where he said we shouldn't focus on the red part but on eternal life, right? And then he also shared a bit on we grabbing the pen or grabbing the steering wheel sometimes from God, trying to steer our own lives. And then we become anxious, right? We become anxious because we want to steer the, our own ships, and we all have, we all have stuff, man. we all have voids that only Jesus can fill, man. We like to stuff it with possessions, maybe, man. maybe some, something you like, man. something you, you want to buy, which covers that void for a small time, man. for a little time. And nobody can fill Avoid better than Jesus. Now, and to have our focus on the eternal life is what we are pursuing. So I want to ask us, or I want to ask you, a few questions before we start. Okay. The first one is, 
How many of you feel that where you are sitting right there, right now, in your situation, you are completely content with what you have? Just there, you don't have to raise your hand, just a simple yes or no in your head is simple enough. Okay, so those of you who said yes, are you pursuing anything new? Are you maybe on Take A Lot now and then? Are you maybe on Facebook Marketplace now and then? Do you want something new now and then? Because it clashes with your first answer, which says that I am maybe content. Because I think some of us, we have a little bit of a debate in our head. Maybe I'm content, maybe. Okay, if I think of this, maybe, but not this. Okay? And it's, 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 I think of this example of going to a wedding and eating yourself stuffed. <laughs> and then they come with the dessert tray and then you're like, oh my goodness. This is not going to be good, but I'm going to do it. And that's, that's sometimes how we live our lives as well. We are blessed beyond measure. And we struggle to be content. Paul says that if I only had food and clothing, I'm going to read that scripture tonight. So, as you can see, we are basically fo- we're focusing on a greedy part of ourselves. Some, some part of us that wants more and more and more. And as we just said, we'll never have enough, right? If you, if you, if you are rich and you have something, you like to get something else and something better and something else and something better. And that's how it goes up to a point where we are numb to what God is saying. We, we are just going. So I want to ask us another question. How, how much do you think Jesus preached about being greedy or just the matter of money? If you think of it. Because I was astonished about this number, but he preached 11 of his 39 parables was about money and greediness. That's a lot. If we had to preach that much about money in this church, <laughs> it would look a bit funny. Yeah. That's, a, that's a lot. And that's, I, I think, basically 15% of all his teachings and all his preachings went about money. And why is that the case? Why is that the case? Why would Jesus preach about money that much because he knew that this is a stumbling block for our relationship with him, a big stumbling block, a stumbling block for the eternal life. It says in Matthew 6, we're going to read it now, but it says you cannot serve two masters. You have to choose. There was a word this morning which also said you must choose whether you are hot or cold. You cannot be lukewarm. You need to choose if you want to serve money or God. And I want you to, as you sit there, I want you to think about that. And I want you to choose. Because when we choose Jesus, there's a lot of other stuff we need to obey. We need to be obedient to. Okay, and we're going to read about it tonight. And that does involve everything, (laughs) to lay down everything. These possessions 
that God gave as a gift to us, it's starting to take the place of the king of our hearts. Ne? He should be the king. He should sit on the throne. And this, this as from that we were small, running around as toddlers, we, we knew the word mine very well. Ne? This is mine. This is my ball. This is my toy. Leave it alone. You know? And we actually think it's cute. You know? We think, oh, okay, let's give you more. And that, that's where we start. Ne? That's where we start. It's by being greedy from, from small. So it's something that's rooted in us and drilled into us by loving stuff around us, possessions around us. And we need to uproot this greediness. Okay, so we're going to start from Matthew 6. And I want to I wanna encourage you tonight when we read the Word of God, the Word of God explains itself. I'm going to elaborate a bit on it, but I want you to focus on when we read. It was, it was this week when I read the scriptures, it was very special to me and, and it really explains itself. So from Matthew 6, from verse 19, I want to I read for us, read with me. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, ah, treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's an important verse. Verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And this is Jesus preaching on the mountain. And when we read these sermons on the mount, we basically read, if we really believe the gospel, how will it look like in my life? He's explaining if we really follow Jesus, how will this look like? Okay, and the first thing that he addresses in, in this part is how, it, how money exercises power over us, how it controls us. The second, why it exercises power over us. And the third one, how do we break that power? So we're going to start, and I want to explain to us how money controls us. If we read, we can just look at the board at, at where it is now. On verse 23 it says, but if your eye is bad, and that's where I want to focus, if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. But if we go back to verse 19, it says, do not lay treasures on earth, but in heaven. Then it goes on and says, where your treasure is, your heart will be. And then it starts with verse 22, where Jesus say, the eye is the lamp of the body, which is quite awkward because we are speaking he's, he's speaking about money and all of a sudden he's throwing this lamp and eye and darkness thing okay? why does he do, does he do that and basically what Jesus is saying is when there's light around me and I'm and my eyes bad I will I will stumble I will fall okay? if we close our eyes and walk we can't see 
And he's saying that money, because this is the topic, is distorting the way we see things. It's distorting life around us, the truth. Basically he's saying materialism, when we love new things or greed, is basically distorting our way of greed, which says that we are going into a symptom where we are saying that this is not me. It's distorting our view. And if we look at, uh, they, they, let me tell you a story. There's, there's a guy, uh, Tim Keller, he, um, he spoke um, at, at men's breakfasts and he spoke about the seven deadly sin, which was anger and, and adultery and one of them were greed. And his wife told him, Tim, do you advertise these things that you are speaking about? And he says, yes. And she said, okay, when are you speaking about greed? He says, no, this date. She says, no one will come if you advertise it. He says, why? He says, because nobody thinks that they are greedy. Nobody thinks, well, this act. Because if we look at anger, I know when I get angry, I eat my wife or whatever it may be. <laughs> Hopefully not. But you know when you are angry. Né? You know when you commit adultery. You're not like coming into the room, oh, you're not my wife. No, that's not the case. Né? <laughs> no, that's not the case. We know when we commit it. We know when we sin. But greed is something else. Né? It's something that Jesus is saying is coming in subtly. Something that we need to be attended to. So tonight, for the rest of this sermon, I want you really to focus on that. And be careful not to say, this is not me. Okay. I have never heard someone even confess greed in my time at the church. I've, I've heard a lot of things when we confess, but I, I've never had someone coming to me and saying, Yo, Maria, please be please pray for me, I want more. <laughs> it sounds weird, but it's, although it's, it's a deadly sin, eh? and we miss it. Some fruit of greediness is when we look at, when we compare ourselves to people at work. Eh? Something I struggled with, how much are they getting on their salary? They look that they are doing less than me. Eh? How do we choose a job? Do we look at the salary first? It makes us numb to ask, do I need to spend this money? Important when we spend money to ask God, do I need to spend this money? It makes us numb to that. So how does it exercise its power over us? Money exercises power over us by making us numb, by making us blind. Okay, and the second one, why does it exercise power over us? Because your treasure is where your heart is. That's why. Is your heart on the right place? Is, is your heart obsessed with how your home looks or how your car looks or what my salary is? It's, it's some things that our hearts tend to go to, Right? And Jesus is saying this, ca this cannot add one hour to your life. So let's go 
deeper into this. We're going to read from 1 Timothy 6, from verse 6. It says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. It's great gain. To be content, what a gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. Wow. Are we content with food and clothing? Yeah. <laughs> we are not. <laughs> At least not me. So from verse 9, read with me. This is where it gets south. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Sure. This does convict me from verse 9, but those who desire to be rich, who would, would like to be rich? Eh, how, how much does our thoughts move to that place? Wow, it would be nice to have this. It would be nice to have this. Eh, it's, Paul is saying this is destructive. Eh, to have a desire to be rich, but to be content eh, with food and clothing. There's a passage in Luke 12 where a man comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, help me with my inheritance. Help me with my brother, telling my brother I want half of the inheritance. And Jesus is saying, who am I to decide this? And Jesus preached about greediness after that. That's harsh. That sounds harsh to me. If someone would come to me Asking help me with my inheritance, I'd probably try to help him out. I probably wouldn't preach about him and say he's greedy. That, that is the, the harshness of Jesus. This is not some preacher, this is Jesus. Having, having preached so much about this. And for some reason, we miss it in our lives. We, we are greedy. So let's focus on how do we get riches in heaven then? Matthew 6 says, gather up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So how do we do that? By using our earthly possessions for heavenly means. That's how we, how we get treasures in heaven. By using our earthly things, whether it's money, for things that God asks us to use it for. Obedience. To be obedient with the things that we have. That's how we get treasures in heaven. But what do we like to do? We like to ask God and his power to bless us and to bless this business and to bless this new thing we are doing. And we are actually doing it the wrong side around. We are asking God to use heavenly power for earthly means, which is wrong, man. And if that's, if that's you today, just write it down. We want to pray for that. I mean, we, we all are guilty in some sense, man. Okay, let's just read from 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. It says, and we are now, here Paul is focusing on the rich. So as for the rich, 
in this present age? Charge them not to be haughty. So to charge someone not to be haughty is to warn them of hoogmoedigheid. Um, okay, to be haughty. Not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of what is truly life. So as for the rich, so would you say that you are rich? It's another question. Now, what degree of luxury is destructive? Now, if you, if you drive a Porsche, definitely you cannot go to heaven. <laughs> no, that's not what it says. Now, what, what does it mean? The Bible doesn't say. Yeah? But it should be our job and our motive to exhort each other to simplicity, right? For the advance of the gospel away from luxury. Amen? To warn each other, hey, we have your eyelock script. Whoa. <laughs> Where's your heart? And there's nothing wrong, please don't hear what I'm not saying with buying Ilux. <laughs> you can still go to heaven and buy Ilux. <laughs> or a fort. But, 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 but our treasure is where our hearts are. And our motives around buying new things. So, and this last, this last phrase that I use, to disturb the wealthy to simplicity, including myself, especially myself, especially yourself. Self, stop. <laughs> simplicity, be content. Ask the Lord, how should I spend this money? We are being numbed by asking the Lord, should I spend this money? Should I, should I invest in this? Should I do this? Okay, and that's the warning for tonight. Let's read from Matthew, Matthew 19, which also speaks about a rich young man coming to Jesus, asking him, what should I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? Jesus telling him, you should not murder, you should not steal, and he says that all of these commandments I have done, what else should I do? And Jesus is, is saying from verse 21, he's saying, Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect... Go and sell what you possess and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Eh? Using earthly possessions for heavenly means. Eh? And not always, it doesn't mean you have to give all your money to the poor. It's not the case. But asking the Lord, how should I spend it? So, reading further from verse 22. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible. But with God, it is possible. And like I said, 
does not mean we should go and sell all of our stuff. No? But Jesus is saying that you should lay everything down. And, you sh- and that's why the sermon title also, the blessing of possessing nothing, but giving it to Jesus. No? We have a lot of stuff, yes, yeah, sure. But to give it to the Lord. No? And it's confronting to, to read this. That's why the disciples were astonished. And in contrary with the prosperity gospel which says, wealth is a blessing, doesn't seem to me like a blessing. Seems to me like a stumbling block. Wealth is dangerous. It doesn't make you generous to have money, to have a lot. It makes us buy more stuff. And take a lot. And on other things, obviously. And money actually gives us the power to do something about our voids, yeah? about things that are empty. Some days we don't feel great. Like, Anu said, now, give me, help me, Just some days we, we don't feel great, and what do we do? We, we run to things of this world including buying things in this case. And it's a stumbling block. There's a a saying which says, if you are treated like a king, why would you worship something else? If we live a life of comfort, why would we lay down? Why would we turn to Jesus? Isn't it in the times where it's going tough where we turn to God? We like to use him as a vending machine. Eh? Lord, I, I want some miracles. Let's throw in some coins and come back to church. And, and we fall in that trap. To say whether we are blessed or not, I will give everything to the Lord. So let's go just, that was about two points why it's difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. We're going to look at Two other scriptures, one is Luke 8, verse 14. It's the parable of the sower. We have heard of it, um, I'm sure. Some of the seeds, they fell on the path. Some fell on the rock. Some fell in good soil. And then some fell among the thorns. That's the one we are focusing on. From verse 14, it says, And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear the word of God, But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this world. And their fruit does not mature. We are choked by the world. And that's why it will never be okay to say, you are okay as long as you focus on what you spend we will never be okay. It will always be something to take note of. Eh? We are tempted with much more evil when we have a lot. And it's, it's about understanding the stumbling block eh, that's in front of us. Okay, let's read from Luke 14, which says, So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. That's what Jesus says. We need to renounce everything that we have. 
We need to be radically free from the control of our possessions. Né? Like I said, now, now, we should control the things that we have, not them control us. If the rich man had nothing, would he follow Jesus? Certainly he would. But because he had a lot, he couldn't. Okay. That's why it's much more difficult. Philippians 1, it says, Paul writes, As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. And what Paul is saying, he's saying that he wished Christ is magnified in everything that he does. Né? So we should strive towards magnifying Christ in everything that we do, including spending our money and our possessions, right? Christ is more valuable than cars or houses or new things. And another stumbling block is if we have a lot, the motives for buying more gets difficult. Eh? What is my motive to have more? Is it a pure motive? Or is it a motive that is from a desire within? Eh? And I want to use the, the example of Abraham, who God tested with his son. And I'm sure Abraham had a lot of possessions, right? He was a rich man. But Jesus, test, God tested him with his son, with his only son. Much more tougher than all his belongings. I'm sure if Abraham had the choice to choose between his son and all his possessions, he would, he would probably say, God, take everything and not my son. But God tested his heart with his son, right? And God will test us. He will test us. But I'm sure that, that Abraham had a different view of the word mine. That word mine, which says that I am entitled. I'm sure that, that Abraham, after this, he felt there's nothing that belonged to me anymore, right? The thing is, Abraham had everything, but he possessed nothing. He gave everything to the Lord. And that is the spiritual secret behind having a lot of things. It's by giving it to the Lord, giving Him your business, giving Him your salary, being willing to be radically obedient to what God is asking of you. And if as you are sitting here, just think of the last thing that God asked you regarding your finances or your possessions. Because it's important to go back to that thing and be obedient because otherwise we definitely will not be obedient when we have to surrender everything. Okay. I want to 
we are almost at the end. We are reading from Ecclesiastes. All of us, we knew Solomon, right? He was a very rich man. Eh? This guy was so rich. He, he had 22 tons of gold every year. And that's how rich this guy was. He had all the pleasures, all the, all the wealth. And what he said in Ecclesiastes 5 was, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor who loves wealth with his income. This also is vanity. And the, the richest person ever to live says that it's vanity. It's a bubble that bursts. To have possessions, it's better to know Christ, right? It says, in Psalms 37, it says, better is a little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. Eh? So even Solomon said, in the end, and we all knew that he had everything. He said, fear God in this conclusion. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. And Solomon is saying that nothing makes sense except to fear God and keep His commandments, right? Everything we give to the Lord is safe. And everything we keep for ourselves is destruction. Uh, everything that we want to control. And the devil will constantly come with a lie which says that you don't have enough money to get married. You don't have enough money for a child. You don't have enough money to go on pension. Who's going to send your child to university? And that's where we need to break down those lies. Now God says, look at the birds. Paul says to be content with clothing and food. It's a step of faith. I want to end off for us by reading from Philippians 3, which says, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. How beautiful is that, right? To know Christ, surpassing everything, counting everything else as rubbish because I know Jesus, eh? because I have the eternal life if I lay my life down for Him. This life is short. I count it as rubbish. And this sin of greediness is really important to take by the root and take it out of the ground. So if there's anything in you tonight that 
where you feel greedy, where you struggle to, to give it to the Lord, to ask Him to help, you know. I want you to uproot that thing. I want you to lay it down at His feet. If there's a still a bit left, it will grow, and it will come back. This sin is destructive. Okay. You see, there's a blessedness for longing for nothing. Yeah. There's, a, there's a blessedness in being content. There's a blessedness in, in giving everything to Jesus. So I want us, let's stand and I'll pray for us. And um, I'm going to, to ask you that if there's anything you wrote down, everything that came to mind, that you need to be obedient to, I want you to pray with someone. We are going to be in the front. We want to pray with you. You're probably going to pray for me as well. Okay, so let's just close our eyes and let's just ask the Lord to help us. Yeah, Lord, we thank you for sanctifying us. We thank you for working in us, Lord. And as the rain is falling, Lord, as you are providing, Lord, we know that your providence is, is laying in, in laying things at your feet, Jesus. And we want to lay these things, Lord, at your feet. As it's coming to our mind, as it is keeping us from doing your will, Lord. Now we want to give it to you. Thank you that, that you are saying, Lord, that there's power in praying for one another. And renouncing the sin, Lord. Sharing with one another what we struggle with, Lord. There's a beauty in that. In laying these things at your feet, Lord. So I, I pray for every heart, Lord. Every conviction of you, Holy Spirit. That we will not leave it, Lord. We want to bring it to you. We want to repent of that, Lord. We choose you tonight. We know that desiring money and or choosing money, Lord, is, is a road to destruction. Lord. Some have wandered off the faith. By chasing possessions, Lord. And we, we just want to turn back to you, Lord. Pray that you will sanctify us. Thank you for your son, Lord. Thank you that it's... Thank you for the surpassing worth of knowing you, Jesus. Thank you for the blessedness in only having you. And I pray for for stumbling blocks, Lord, in our lives to be revealed as it is difficult in this life, Lord, where we are constantly reminded that money is everything, Lord. And I want, want, we want to bring that before you and we want to ask you for, for wisdom, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.